This is Don't Panic, episode number eight, recorded August 6th, 2013, on blaring alerts, Moto Excellent, and Bezos Going Postal. Hello and welcome. It is Tuesday at 11 p.m., and that can mean only one thing. It's your time for your weekly source of gadgets, the internet, and many, many more random topics we came up with today. Uh, I am Sean Jennings. I'm Colby Rabbit. I'm Dan Miller. And we actually did it right this time. Hey! Hey! Yeah, it's got to come for something, right? Uh, and we are your weekly source, as I said, for uh, all the news that's fit to print, except no one reads newspapers. Or do they? We'll talk about that later. But first, <laughs> uh, we're going to get into our big story this week. Uh, each week, we kind of we try to do a show theme. Last week, it was kind of Android, Google. Uh, and this week, I've decided to call it the uh, Russian roulette of tech news. We're just going <laughs> to spin, you know, we're going to spin the wheel and see where it lands. And our first story is... Um, well, definitely one of the biggest ones from the last week. It's the Moto X, the phone uh, that's going to make or break Motorola and Google. All bets are in, and the Moto X is here. So um, let's run down the information super quick um, of what you get. I'm looking right now at the Verge's review um, of the phone, but the basic details, it is a smartphone, which means that it's a phone with a processor in it. Um it, uh, it's available on all four major U.S. carriers <laughs> towards the end of August or early September, roughly $199 on a two-year contract. Um, and the big highlights that everyone wants you to know about is the fact that, A, it's a customizable phone. Um, I'm going to scroll here and see. There you go. You see a nice shot here of all of the different colors. Um, it is a build-a-phone concept, as was rumored. Um, so you'll be able to choose a number of features of the phone, the back plate color, the button and camera rim color, the trim color, uh, the front face color. Uh, you'll also be able to engrave, and they're going to build that in the United States and have a four-day turnaround on delivery. Now, that custom feature is an AT&T exclusive for an undetermined amount of time, which I'll talk about in a second is total bullshit, but uh, is an AT&T exclusive <laughs> for a short amount of time at their Motor Maker website, uh, but we'll go to all carriers eventually. Um, one of the other big features of the phone is your... Um, is this always listening, always on? Uh, this is also on the new uh, Motorola Droid phones. Um, and it's this idea that it's constantly listening for the uh, acknowledgement, OK, Google now, uh, and the phone wakes up, and you can immediately start talking to it and give it commands uh, without even touching it. Um, there's also these things called active notifications. And there's a number of different ways you activate these. If you just kind of move the phone at all on the desk, it'll only light up a small part of the display to show you the time and relevant notifications saving on battery life. Uh, it will also occasionally, if you don't touch it, it will just kind of, you know, kind of breathe in and out uh, notifications. Uh, they actually describe it that way as breathing in and out. Uh, just giving you a faint little, just to let you know the time and if there's anything new you need to know about. Um, those are kind of the, the main highlights that differentiate this phone uh, from other phones. Um, there's certainly all the other specs, 10 megapixel camera, uh, S4 uh, Snapdragon processor uh, with a couple extra cores thrown in there, AMOLED display, 720p. Um, so I just want to jump right in. Dan, you said you uh, you had a lot of opinions on this, so uh, let, let loose. What, what do you think of the Moto X? I like the active notifications thing. I think that's cool. Uh, I'm not sure how much people will use the always listening thing, but maybe it'll be cool. I guess that's like Google Glass Lite. Uh, but like you were saying, I think the customization is just kind of a, what do you call it? A stupid feature. A gimmick? A gimmick. There we go. A gimmick to get people in the door, and it doesn't really mean anything or do anything. And the fact that it's on the worst carrier by default AT and T. Yeah, <laughs> but by default and for the foreseeable future, with no plans to put it anywhere else. Well, the uh, the customization feature, the the phone itself will be available on all four carriers at launch. Oh, will it? Yes, only the you will be able to get black or white on the oh. other three. AT and T will have an exclusive on the customization. Oh boy, but there is one also... good feature. <laughs> the yeah. one good feature. Well, that's not true, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's also, oh man, my brain is not working tonight. 
I don't know. You're... <laughs> so, well, just talk with your mouth. Why yeah. Not? <laughs> are, you, are you done? I, I have some stuff. To... I guess so. There is definitely something that was... Oh, there's no Google Nexus. There's no... You can't buy it unlocked on Google Play. I will say that <laughs> Motorola has confirmed that there will be a Google edition of this phone. There is just no current time frame or price ah, available. But they absolutely plan on making all of my criticisms. <laughs> I, you know, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right, Colby. Save us. <laughs> well, I don't know. So, like, I like to see the, the new, like, Google's Android phones. Cause, <clears throat> like, I... I really much prefer the stock Android to the the uh, the carrier branded versions that you get. Um, so that's cool. And I also like I I've been so I've been using my Android phone for another week after the last week, and I think <laughs> is I, that how time works? <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Wow. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I like it more, and it looks kind of cool and, and sleek. So I have a question about, like, maybe we don't know this yet, but about, like, the talking thing. Like, does it talk back to you, or do, do you have? does it just do something that you then have to look at? No, it can do conversations, and what's really cool, they demoed this when they talked about this always-on in Chrome feature, but say mm -hmm. I say something like, when is... Colby Rabidou's birthday, and it'll say, Colby's birthday is on. And then I say, what's his favorite color? It'll know I'm talking about you because I just asked about you. It's things like that. So we will have a conversation back and forth. But you have to preface that with, hey, Google Now. Or, okay, Google Now. Yes, okay. and, yes, and you, you yeah. do. Um, unless you actually active. If you're doing it remotely without any contact, you do have to keep prefacing it. Yeah. I see. I see. That makes sense. The, the cool thing is that that runs on a separate processor. So, like, when the phone's in that low-power, like, breathing mode, it, like, turns the main processor off and only uses this low-power one to do the voice thing. So mm -hmm. it, it's not killing the battery life when it does it, which is pretty cool. It's an interesting architecture. It's their X8 architecture Motorola has. It's also in their new Droid phones. And it's a... Uh, four-core Snapdragon processor, but in addition to that, they have two separate double cores, which is where they get a total of eight somehow. I, I don't... The math is fuzzy. But uh, one is dedicated just to the audio processing of the always-on, and another is dedicated to the uh, graphics and display processing. So that's how they're able to get uh, excellent battery life out of this as well. I see. I see. Which is what that's I cool. wanted. But yeah. do we know how excellent the battery life actually is? They're quoting 24 hours talk time, um, but no one's had a unit long enough to really get a good uh, battery baseline. Well, it says here they used it heavily for 15 hours before it died. I guess that that's pretty better. good. That seems reasonable. Yeah, that's actually really good. Because <laughs> I don't think I can use my iPhone heavily for eight hours before it dies. At least I can't use it heavily for three hours. What are you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it seems to me like phones last for a very long time as long as you never turn the screen on. <laughs> yes. But that's so the cool you... thing about this is that the screen turns itself on so you don't have to worry about keep turning the screen on to check your notifications and the time and whatnot. I also, so I think that's, I think that's really cool because like the Galaxy S4 does the, like it has a little LED light that'll flash different colors depending on like yeah. like what what thing what notifications it has um so like actually like blackberry style like the only cool feature about the blackberry um so yeah but i think that's like way cooler i don't know yeah. it sounds awesome i mean the the thing to me the single most interesting thing about this phone and there's a lot is the strategy quite honestly it's no one particular feature it's the culmination of all of them because for the longest time, all technology, but specifically smartphones, has been a spec war. You know, oh, you have a yeah. 720p screen, we're going to go 1080. Or you have 10 megapixels, we'll go 12, 14, hell, 41. Um, yeah. Well, so, certainly, certainly the Android sphere has been anyways. Yeah, and it's, you know, you, you got to keep bumping it up and bumping it up and bumping it up, and all that results in is these ridiculous phones that can do crazy things, but they get no battery life, they're not convenient to use, um, and yeah. I think Motorola had to, to pick a unique strategy to win in a crowded 
already space with already dominant companies like Apple and Samsung. And I think they chose a strategy of let's make a comfortable device people enjoy using. And I think from what I've read, they've accomplished that. So it doesn't have a 1080p display. It has a 720p AMOLED display. But, so the colors are going to be off a little bit because AMOLED's known for that. But that means they can do these active notifications, get you huge battery life. You know, they, they didn't put in a giant camera. They put in a good enough camera, but they threw in an extra clear pixel to give you better pictures. It's things like that. It's like it's a phone that someone actually held in their hand and thought out during the process instead of just saying, what's the <laughs> biggest chip we can get? Um, Sound, and to me, sounds that... Sounds kind of Apple-y. Well, and, and it is, and I think Apple's been very successful with that strategy, putting out, you know, Google, no offense to Google, but they, as we talked about last week with Chromecast, they put out devices quite before they're ready, but from what I've read, this Moto X is ready to go. Um, and it's a phone that's been heavily tested and heavily... Uh, developed, and I think that is such a great strategy for a company to have, just to create a device people enjoy using rather than, oh, look, my phone is giant, it's bigger than yours, look at my phablet, you know? <laughs> it, it's, I just, I don't know, the strategy is what interests me, and I think it's really smart of Motorola to do that, because it's definitely going to pull them away from the pack. Sounds I cool, think. man. The problem is they just have to get people to buy the phones. Um, I think... I think it's going to be one of those things where once people have the phones, they're going to really enjoy them, but no one's going to go into a... I think few people are going to go into the store and ask for Moto X. I read an article today that said Motorola has a $500 million ad budget for the Moto X, which is pennies compared to what Samsung or Apple or HTC spends. So really? it's going to be interesting to see how the market penetration is on this. HTC has ads? Believe it or not, they do. It's just not a lot in the U.S. Oh, Okay. They're trying to penetrate other markets and then hope that it'll eventually bleed I into think, the US. I think it, it would be way cooler if you went into the store and you like saw like just all of those phones in that picture you showed, just all the different colors and stuff. Like That would sell it, because all the other phones, I was in the Verizon store a couple weeks ago, are like black or gray, plastic or metal, or white. Like and then there's like those weird Windows 8 phones that are lime green and pink. Like those are <laughs> those are your only options. So that would be a, a low cost way, I would think, to do it if they would just get it off of AT&T only. Oh, I also I really like the uh, the like where it knows if you're in the car or in a meeting or sleeping without you having to tell it, and it changes the notification settings accordingly. Yeah, that's the, that? that's the advantage of having uh, a good battery life, but as a result of these kind of always-on sensors, and we talked about this when we kind of did our uh, wearable computing episode, uh, this idea that everything you do is tracked and that can be computed into actual life-changing moments, such as a phone knowing you're driving or you're sleeping. So uh, that's definitely a big advantage to having those sensors always running. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean... I'm sure the NSA is listening, but <laughs> speaking of the NSA, we should we should talk about that new like new new NSA moments. Not now. That's a tease for the story after this next one, so I can find the article. All right, okay. stick around. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> uh, no, well that's good because I did want to talk. I did want to mention two things briefly. One, um, and I'll show this again. Props to Motorola for not picking terrible colors. Like, I don't know. Are, that... Well, but you know, even the yellow and the green are kind of better than those crazy Nokia colors. And yeah, oh, I think you're right. Like these are much more accessible colors than they are. Like, they're a like certain kind of person could pull off the Nokia colors. Like there are two or three colors in here. Like if I could have a phone in that, like I'd do it in a heartbeat. So props yeah. to them for actually thinking it out. The other thing I wanted to say is how sick of I am of this bullshit about carrier exclusives. I, I, I yeah. absolutely hate it, and I realize it's a condition of the industry, and if you're a smaller player, you know, Apple doesn't have to do that, but a Nokia does because they're trying to get into the market, but all it does, all it does is hurt consumers. And it hurts yeah. companies in the long run because they can't sell their product across the market. Yeah, it so, certainly does. I mean, it's like, the same, like, the same as, like, we've talked about before with the games and stuff. Like, feels bad. It, it's awful. The Nokia 1020, awesome phone. I'd love to try it out, and 
not available on anything else except AT&T, you know? And this phone's going to be the same way. Why are you limiting the color? Like, is that really, am I going to switch carriers so I can have a phone in a different <laughs> color? Like, that, I don't understand, you know, I get where AT&T's coming from. I don't get why Motorola needs to do this. They're clearly on all four carriers. I, my guess is they're getting more marketing money out of AT&T, maybe. But, yeah. you know, it's just, all it is, I just want one of these companies to just say, screw them. We don't care. Um, honestly, I'd like to just buy phones unlocked, but it doesn't quite work that way. Um, but I would just like one of these companies to just say, we're on all the carriers. Who cares? Who cares? Samsung's doing this decently with the Galaxy. I'll give them credit for that. But yeah. I, no, come on, guys. If you're listening, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, if you're still a company, uh, stop. Please. Yeah. I mean, I guess they all started there, though. Like, even the iPhone was, was AT&T exclusive for quite well, a while. That's true. And to be fair, that worked out very well for AT&T for a while. Yeah, uh, right. You know, they saw a huge subscriber growth. So, you know, their advantages. Has that but, ever worked since then, though? Um, not, not that big, no. No, I don't think yeah. so. I don't know. So, uh, any any last thoughts on the Moto X? If I was going to get an Android phone, I'd probably get that one. So I, I I agree. Actually, to be honest, if I were to get a phone, not knowing yeah. what Apple's going to announce in the fall, I would probably get this. That's fair. Over an iPhone 5. And I'm not, we've talked about this, I'm not excited about iOS 7 yet. I am excited yeah. for Jelly Beans, so... I don't That's know. Fair. I don't know. I've been <laughs> so I, I've also been messing around with shameless plug with Facebook Home, and I kind of like it. It's cool. It's well, I know really they, distracting. I know but... they've done a lot of work on it, and it's certainly gotten better since yeah. it launched. So I'll give you credit for that. But I, I think it's cool that you can do stuff like that with Android, like just totally rip out the launcher and put in your own. And that's kind of. If I have to buy into an ecosystem, I kind of want to buy into the one where I can go a little nuts. Yeah. That's, you know, and I like the Nexus 7, and I like Chromecast, so I, I don't know. I just kind of like what Google's doing, so we'll, we'll have to see. Fair enough. Damn. All right. On to the next one. You have the next one, or should we try something in between? Oh, I have, I have the next one, if you want. I just pasted it in on the bottom there. Oh, I got it. From the Guardian. Indeed. I know so, nothing about this, so you're going to have to explain this to me. All right. I mean, it's just our worst fears further confirmed. Okay. Not so. Snowden made this claim early on that he, sitting at his desk as not even an NSA employee, but just an IT worker contracted into the NSA, could look at anyone's data in real time. And here. He gives us some great clip art from the NSA describing how this thing called the X key score works, where it's basically just a bunch of funnels into a metadata database. Uh, and then you get some great, awesome, like, Windows 2000 SQIs down here where you just type in an email address, and a there's a justification text box, and there's an additional justification dropdown. Yeah. And then you just press enter, and you get all of the person's emails, and they get passed in in real time. Uh, just really insane. And where does it say it? Uh, in an anonymous interview with Bloom, Bloomberg Bleak, former <laughs> U.S. official stated the unit uses automated hacking software. So. <laughs> Uh, I, so what I imagine is something like Metasploit, where it just has a, like a database of vulnerabilities and just categorically compromises systems to harvest two petabytes of data per hour, which is processed automatically. Two petabytes per hour is 2,000 terabytes per hour. There's no way they're doing that. Why? Right? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Same <laughs> amount of data, like even for the government, right? So uh, you know, it does. It doesn't matter if they can. Here's here's the my evolved problem with this. If it were like Google and it was just an algorithm 
looking for suspicious activity, I would be more okay. I doubt they're sophisticated enough to have an algorithm that looks for suspicious activity. So instead they have humans pouring over all the shit you do online, potentially, by hand, reading everything, just because they type something in a justification text box. That's, that's what gets me. That seems terribly impractical. Uh, but imagine, what if, if you could look at everything I've searched for in all the emails I've sent, all the Facebook messages and Google chat messages, everything, just look at it all on the list, and you had some question about what I've been doing, you could figure it out pretty quick. Well, yeah, but that would be if I knew you. I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could pull you out of a pile. That's just you, too too much data. What do you mean, pull me out of a pile? You don't have to. You can just say Dan at DanielSMiller.com and press enter. I don't know. It's like how how many NSA ex girlfriends have been completely well? Uh, you could say that about scrutinized. You could say that about any business with access to a database. Let's be fair. True, but businesses like Facebook have uh, business incentives to prevent that from happening, whereas the NSA has no oversight. <laughs> well, that's true. That <laughs> but, you know, Facebook's run by much smarter people, so... <laughs> Ironically enough, like, companies that deal with privacy data like private user data are regulated by the government. <laughs> yeah. Which has access to it all anyways. Yeah, right. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, right? Yes. I just can't wrap my head around stuff like this. It, it just Eli's seems right there. I no, I, well first of all, all this is is some PowerPoint some guy says is from the NSA. Point A. Point B these That's exactly numbers. what the NSA wants you to think. <laughs> you know, honestly, on my drive to work the other day, I had a thought, and I'm like, wouldn't this be the best government propaganda move? Think about it. He's an actor. The government wants you to think it's all powerful. Just blew your mind. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I just, these numbers are just so ridiculous, I cannot imagine it's a real thing. Here, here's a good example. It says here, if you know a particular website the target visits, for example, and for, for this example, I'm looking for everyone in Sweden that visits a particular web forum. So it just fills it out, HTTP in Sweden equals true, justification, he typed in was Swedish extremist website visitors, which isn't a justification at all, it's a noun. Uh, <laughs> and then a domain, and he presses enter. And he gets a list of all the people. I'm sorry. All of the email addresses and Facebook accounts, all the metadata, not names. But if they're non-U.S. citizens, then they don't have rights, so. Right. <laughs> but I, what's, what's the problem with that? Because like... it's a human looking through all the things I do online, potentially. Well, only if you visit a website they're looking at. Why, well, and he, why he, is that bad? I'm saying I in the general sense. Why isn't that bad? Like, and why, like, say, see, what I haven't quite bought into yet is I'm not sure it's just okay if they're not Americans. Like, I'm oh, not yeah. sure that makes it okay. No, it doesn't. It, like, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I assumed you were, but, like, I, I don't know. The internet's way bigger than just America. In fact, it's significantly larger than just America. But, you know, um, we've had warrantless wiretaps forever internationally. I mean, this yeah, isn't like it's some... They weren't warrant, warrantlessly wiretapping everyone in the world at the same time. But that's just upgrades in technology. We also didn't <laughs> think we'd all have computers in our pockets. <laughs> so we, we, got, we should fix it then. I agree. I think we should. But I'm also not going to run around and pan... What was it? Uh, the Tor Project came out today and just said flatly, don't use Windows. Did you read this? They, they, they said if you really Google don't want says to that too. don't use Windows. I, I'm just like, really? Like are you, and Now you're telling people, like, I just think it's so much hysteria and panic over Google. You can't nothing. use Windows at Google without a very good reason now. Well, See, that's a I shame. Don't... <laughs> I don't think, like, 
I don't think there is panic, though. I think there's a, a fairly small minority that, that still gives a shit about this. Well, like, no, when I say panic, I'm not talking about folks like us who understand what's going on. I'm talking about things like your local newscaster who says, Tonight at 11, what does the government know about what you're doing online? Plus the weather, all that and more tonight at 11. That's, well, that's who I have a problem with. That's better news than, like, the, you know, stories about a cat stuck in a tree, at least. I well, it know. is, but it's it's just pandemonium, and it's hype, and it's, that's... I want to read articles and understand what it is. I want someone to tell me what's going on in plain, normal sense so I can make an informed decision, and it just bothers me that that's not really that much the case, especially among common people. Well, it, I mean, whose fault is that, though? Is that, like... I don't think it's anyone's fault. I just think it's a problem that needs to be fixed. That's fair. That's. A, that's I, I've, had, I've had people come up to me, because as you, I'm sure you guys have people ask you tech, tech questions. I've had people ask me, uh, Sean, what's the deal with this? Uh, you know, this is, is the government really tracking everything I do? And I said, no one knows. <laughs> this is some guy who's claiming something. He may be telling the truth. I mean, it's like, come on. Well, we know he's telling the truth because at least up until recently, because it invalidated the uh, testimony of the NSA officials in front of Congress, and they had to go back and redact the things they had said and justify it by saying that it was the least untruthful way they could testify in front of Congress. So the first stuff, at least, was true. So I don't see why this wouldn't be true. I guess you could use that as like a Trojan horse into our brains, convince us that the first stuff is true, and then hit us with a bunch of lies. But that smells very conspiracy theorist. So I won't go there. <laughs> So basically, we're all screwed. Um, yeah. With that being Maybe. said, any last thoughts on the NSA, who are probably watching right now? Thank you. <laughs> That's true. One of our few viewers, we appreciate <laughs> it. There's a poor sucker in like in an office somewhere who has to sift through all this, <laughs> and he's sitting watching. We're we're thank you, sir. You're an American how many, hero. How many viewers do we have? Uh, Google's telling me three. I mean, at least nice. one of those has to be. Has to be the NSA. <laughs> yeah, because that counts in your viewer count. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, that's why. That's why uh, Gangnam Style has so many views. It's all the NSA. Um, all right. With that being said, we're gonna move on to another story. Uh, anyone want to claim one, or I'll jump in and uh, go for it and pick one. All right. Uh, this is a story all about how my life got flipped. No, that's something else. Uh, I'm sorry, I started saying that, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as you said this is a story, I wanted to, like, all about it. <laughs> it's great. It's so easy to do. Um, so, this is a story we talked about, it seems like forever ago, we're already on episode 8, believe it or not, um, and this was way back on episode 2, our video game episode, and my joke funny or not, was uh, who are these Nintendo guys and what do they have to do with video games? Um, and the reason I asked that was because uh, the Wii U didn't have something the business community calls sales. <laughs> um, so today, I don't know if one of... My uh, Chrome is just being total crap for me. Uh, I don't know if one of you want to pull up the article because there's a nice graph in there if you want to share it. Um, oh, I can this, do it. This is an article from The Verge, uh, and it's the headline reads, Nintendo sold just 160,000 Wii U systems worldwide last quarter. That's the nice way of putting it, because the article itself is not as generous. Basically what it's saying is that Nintendo just can't sell Wii U's. They are sitting on the shelves, they are collecting dust, and people don't want them. You see here in this great chart, quarter-by-quarter uh, quarter sales of software and hardware, and, and by the time you get to, you know... Right there, there's there's none. There's none. <laughs> no one's buying it. So uh, you know you can compare it to the 1.4 million 3DS handsets they sold, and even that's a 25% decrease year over year. Um, so the real question is, uh, how screwed is Nintendo? Um, my opinion is somewhere between very and extremely. Uh, in that the, the Wii U is a device that not only do people uh, not want, but it's something developers don't want to develop for. Um, 
well, uh, I don't remember the, who develops it, but the uh, the developer of Batman Arkham Asylum announced that uh, they're not bringing multiplayer to Wii U because it's not worth their time. They're only doing single <laughs> player. Be playing it? Well, exactly. That's what's so interesting. And the problem I have, you know, we're not the first people to count out uh, console PS. Three when it came out, no one said you know big whoop, but it's just this thing has been out and they made such a big deal about it and I just I just doa man. I mean, what what would you guys have any thoughts on on the Wii U and these sales numbers? Can I mean, they turn honestly, it around? I've never used it, but I that's pretty it's pretty abysmal that that. Also, have they been pushing it at all? Like, I don't think I've seen an ad for the Wii U ever. You know, it's I've seen a few, It's but it's you're right. It's been completely light marketing. My guess would be they assumed it would have a Wii level of success. I mean, Wii didn't even advertise that much, and they were That's flying true. off the shelves. So maybe that was their folly. I don't know, but you're right. Yeah. Can you still buy a Wii? <laughs> yes, you Wii, can. And, that, and that, that was interesting. Not this past quarter, but maybe two or three quarters, like the quarter of the launch, the mm. Wii sold almost as many as the Wii U. I believe like it. Like the quarter of launch. I mean, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's bad. Now, a lot of people are going to say Nintendo does have some big game releases. Uh, a new uh, Smash Brothers game, a new Mario Kart. Basically, imagine every staple you've ever heard and add some new colon tagline to it, and they're releasing it. <laughs> Zelda, Sonic, I don't know, all of them. Uh, Pong. Uh, but the problem with these games is uh, most of them aren't being released until 2014. They're not even going to make the Christmas selling season. Oh, that hurts. So, I really, like, I don't know. I still wish they would, like, release all that stuff for the iPhone. So I could play it. Because that's all the stuff I missed out as a child because I didn't have a Game Boy. I agree, but, you know, that's, to be honest, it's that's what's pushing the sales of the Wii U. Yeah. Is software. I don't think anyone's <laughs> buying it for the hardware. It's because yeah, it's me, though. It probably is, but, like. I don't know. Dan, what do you, uh, what, any thoughts on this? Not really. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. I just like dumping on the Wii U. Uh, okay. Anyone can tell you that's that's my favorite thing to kick when it's down. So, um, why don't we move on to a story that some people actually have something to say about, and that would be the I don't want to say shocking because that may not be fair, but certainly the surprising news that came out this week that. Um, another large national newspaper has been sold. The Washington Post, which had been a family, the Graham family's paper, uh, for four generations, one of the longest, I think outside the New York Times, one of the longest family-owned newspapers, has sold it to internet luminary and founder of Amazon, Jeff P. Bezos. I don't know what the P stands for. Uh, for $250 million in cash. (laughs) Um, yeah, that happened. So he, Jeff Bezos, the founder of, of Amazon, the guy that made commerce digital, debatably, uh, has bought the Washington Post. Um, please, someone, take take the baton and run with this. What's, what's, what the hell is going on? I think it's exciting because it, it's the first of these sales that hasn't just been sold to either another old media legacy media person or just a random person off the street. There was one newspaper I was reading. I think there was, it was a, actually a New York Times documentary about the New York Times. But there was some newspaper that was sold to, like, uh, I don't know, like a TV commercial producer or something, something completely unrelated to newspapers, and they're, they're terrible now. Uh, but... You know, online is all about content, so anyone who's created a website or business online has at least some passing familiarity with how that works. So I'll be excited to see how that goes. I have in the past subscribed to the New York Times tablet edition, and it's pretty good, but just like the, the Apple textbooks, like, I felt like the promise was so much more, like, it wouldn't just be an article with a video at the top and pictures on the bottom. 
it would be like a whole new way of experiencing news. So maybe maybe Jeff P. Bezos can bring us back around. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with it. Cause I, I mean, I feel like like a guy like that probably has some some crazy plan. I don't know. Yeah, I hope I hope he does. He maybe he just wants to slow down. Like the internet business is getting too exciting He's for him. It back. Yeah, <laughs> um, he did but, patent that uh the airbag iPhone case. <laughs> that oh, yeah. was cool. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's exactly I mean, I'll, I'll give my pro-con on this story. Uh, pro, con, Dan, you are 120% right when you say content is king. And that's why Amazon is doing original uh, television shows. This is why Amazon is doing pushing uh, original Kindle content and publish straight to Kindle. Um, and Amazon is very smart. But I want to point out that Amazon did not buy the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos did through his investment company. So... There's a good chance they'll work together, but it's not an assumption at this point. I do think that if, assuming that they do work with Amazon, I think that is a huge get for Amazon to have control of the news and to buy an established brand. That's what's difficult with a lot of these media deals, is you can't just create something out of nowhere. The reason Netflix could do streaming is because people got DVDs in the mail with them for years. You have to have an established name, especially in news, where you really have to be trusted. So I think... Could Amazon have just created this themselves? Probably. Yahoo's been trying to do that for forever with Yahoo News until they partnered with ABC. So I think buying a name like the Washington Post helps. My con of this story is that um, I think no one pays for news anymore. That's the problem. In this age of cable TV, you pay for 100 channels and one of them happens to be news. And this idea of blogs and I can't remember last time I bought a newspaper. I think it's only because I didn't have internet access. Um, I just, I don't know where, and maybe I sound like a stockholder and not like a tech guy, but I don't know where the money's going to come from in this. Where's the profit center in this? In the long term, I mean, you know, you could say, well, Amazon's streaming, they get money from Prime every month, and that's fine, and maybe that's the answer, but I just, I don't, it's going to be like Amazon was in the early days, and it's going to be a while until they start seeing money out of this thing. It's just well, it's going to bleed for a long time. We don't pay to see to see theverge.com. No, but that's what I'm saying. So you know, who's so it, what? It's going to be ad supported. Is that is it going to be included with Prime or some kind of larger package? Um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to find out what this new setup is going to be and how to pivot away from. Print. I think I think if you make it. If you make it new and exciting enough, then you can generate enough traffic to do it ad-supported or make it a new reason to subscribe to Prime. Like, imagine getting that holy grail news story where it's you got the video in line with the paragraphs that relate to the certain parts that you're reading, and the pictures are there and it's very pretty and colorful, and the articles are dynamic, and there's, like, social features built in, and there are, like, annotations, like, rap genius style. Like, it could be so good, but all these newspapers do is, like, dump some text into a tablet app and maybe some pictures and maybe there's a video and call it a day. But, like, the promise is so much more. Yeah, so... Imagine oh, yeah. if Kindle Fires came with a Washington Post subscription. There you go. Now that is a sales model. Yeah. That's what I'm talking that's, about. Is they have weird. to create a new way to deliver and sell this content. Yeah. And so, like, my thing, like, I've considered subscribing to, to the New York Post online version, or, or not the New York Times, I'm sorry, um, like, online, because, you know, it really, I mean, really, it is, like, high quality, and at some point the, like, 10 article a month limit gets kind of annoying um, when I just want to read about things in the world, and I can't. Um, but it's so expensive. It's, it's like... You know? Like, it's yeah. just not... It's, like, my absolute max of something, of an online service I will spend 10 like pay for monthly, the, the max price I'm willing to go is 10 bucks a month. 
maybe 15 for something really, really, really awesome. I think the tablet-only version is 15, but then you don't get a web subscription with that. Yeah, see, like, why? That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, I, I would pay $10 a month to get the New York Times or the Washington Post on online as much as I wanted with no ads. I would pay for that. But I bet you paid 15 that, for all the apps and the web. What? I bet you would pay 15 for all the apps and the web. No, I, I think you I would wouldn't? pay five. I would pay five for just web, and I would pay 10 for everything. Like, I second that. Like, like streaming music style. I'm. I would, and I would definitely pay the 10. I would be in that 10 bracket. But it's not. I'm not going to pay like 25 or whatever the heck it is for the New York Times. Like. Well, I don't uh, now. Did you guys ever read the daily when it was on the iPad? Oh, I I started like I did the month free trial, but I wasn't particularly impressed with well, the, the content reason... or the 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 like the app itself. I didn't think it was. Oh, all right. I don't like. I thought it was. What? That's popular, what you want. Popular your... science has has a good example of this. Well, just sort of the idea of making the news interactive and digital and and on a tablet format where they're there's touching and there's clicking. Uh, Entertainment Weekly does this. Because I get them in print, I get the tablet version free, and they have inline videos and inline links to buy songs and all kinds of extra content you don't get in the print. Um, I think if a company can deliver that at a reasonable price, and I certainly think if anyone can do it, um, Jeff Bezos is one of the few people who who can really crack that. So and is willing to sink the money into it to do it because it's not yeah. cheap. Right, which he obviously is. Like, I would imagine. And I'm man. sure he has has some money that he could sink into it. Oh God, yes, the man paid to <laughs> raise the Apollo 11 spaceship from the bottom of the ocean <laughs> for whatever reason. So I, I think I think he'll do it. Um, yeah. Who knows? Well, yeah. I, I guess we'll in a couple years we'll be sitting here and we'll say either God, that man's a genius, and now it's worth a billion dollars. We'll say, man, that guy was an idiot. That folded quickly. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to another story. Uh, there is a new system in place, and a lot of people are, are uh, experience this rather strangely because no one told them this was happening. It's called the Wireless Emergency Alert System. It's a FCC program that sends alerts about disasters, urgent messages from the president, Amber Alerts, directly to your phone. Without you have without you having the option to do anything about it, um, today's big deal, and this happened earlier today, was that most of California, if you were in that area, got a large alert on their phone. And let me flip to my screen because I have an image of what it looked like when it came up. And this is what all the alerts look like. And it said Amber Alert with a license plate number, and it said Blue Nissan Versa four door. Uh, Colby, you got this alert. What was that experience like? I did. So last night around 11 o'clock or whenever it was, I was I was laying in bed reading on my Kindle and uh, I thought I started hearing this noise that was rather unfamiliar and I thought like the fire alarm was going off or something and I, I ha had a brief moment of panic and then I realized that it was coming from my phone. <laughs> And I, at first, I, I had both. I have oh, an Android phone for work and an iPhone, and I thought it was. I assumed it was coming from the Android phone because I had never heard the noise before. Um, and so I picked up the Android phone, and like, as far as far as I could tell, it was not making the noise. So I, I, I by process of elimination, I determined that it was in fact coming from my iPhone. Um, so then, then, after five minutes of like this klaxon going off, like just dis disrupting my evening, um, I figured out what I needed to do to make it stop. <laughs> that sounds absolutely terrifying, Colby. Are you sure it, you're? It was okay? really upsetting. I am. And so the other thing, it, like, it went off again at like nine o'clock while I was on the bus. And I got another one this afternoon, but I don't know. So it, it was a little startling. I was confused just, and upset. Just to be clear, this happened in New York City a few weeks ago, so 
<laughs> oh, this has been happening. I got one a few. This has been happening a few. Now, I just now I've done some research, and uh, the law, it's not really a law, but the, the they issued a series of orders adopting requirements for this in 2008, um, and they've worked to put it in ever since. Uh, the way it works is it's based upon your location. So, of course, your cell phone is constantly pinging towers so it knows where you are. So any cell phone that has this enabled within a geographical area, and today it was California, um, if it's a weather alert, it's usually within a county, um, it just buzzes every phone. Uh, now, I do want to point out that this you do have the option to turn it off. Yeah. If you go, I know on iPhone, I can't vouch for other phones, but if you on iPhone, uh, let me click so I can see what I'm doing. Uh, at the bottom of your notifications, if you scroll all the way down, there's these government alerts for an Amber Alert and emergency alerts, and you can turn those on and off. So you do have the option. Um, though it probably is good if you do get them because you never know, but that's your call. Um, yeah. so, so, Colby, it's interesting that your work phone didn't have it, but your personal phone did. Yes, correct. So my Android, I think it's on Android Verizon. Numbers? Yes, I the, the I believe my my work phone is Verizon. Okay. And my my iPhone is AT and T. And did uh, it? But it did it on your iPhone and not your Android. Correct. It may just not be integrated into Android yet. Could be. Because this is um, this is based in the i in the iOS. Right, this is right. this is an OS. I know for a fact the weather alerts work in uh, Android. Okay. Oh, do they? Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I actually like I don't have a problem with getting a notification like that. Like, there's no like, you know, that's no big deal. But I do have a problem with like the blaring alarm that Apple chose for that, especially for something like I don't know, like. I was, if you, if they just played a regular text message notification, I would I would have looked at it, and see and seen it just the same, and also not been confused and scared, and it also probably wouldn't have wake, woken me up if I was asleep. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. For an amber alert, this may not be as bad, but if there was a tornado warning in the middle of the night. Or yeah. uh, the president, actually, I read, has the ability to send one of these out at his discretion gl uh, across the country. So, you know, God forbid we were invaded or there was some kind of attack or something. Um, you yeah. know, there are benefits. I just think it's really important that they be careful about how they use them, how often they use them, what they use them for. Yeah. Uh, because, like, like you said, you don't want them going off all the time. Yeah, I guess that's fair, that's fair too. Like, might be overkill for the Amber, Amber Alert. Like, and, and like I said, in iOS, you can keep emergency alerts on and turn off Amber Alerts, so you do have that option. I like. I feel bad, like, I, like, like turning off Amber Alerts. Like, you know, <laughs> what if it was me or something? But like, at the same time, I didn't see any blue knee signs today. Well, and that was one thing. I saw a ton of complaints on Twitter that. The alert was in the south. There were people in Northern California getting this alert when the town was like way in South California. So uh, they definitely need to be good about who they uh, geolocate and alert. But I'm I cannot wait for five years from now when a study comes out. I really want to know how effective Amber Alerts on something like this is, because it has huge really potential. Like, if it, I mean, if they like, I don't know, if they find whoever they were looking for on account of this, like, I would really like to know about that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, and the government, believe me, loves to tell you when it's right. <laughs> That's true, but um, I'm sure they won't tell us if they don't well, win. But even saving lives in a tornado, or, you know, who knows, there's, there's, I, I just think it's a, a cool idea, and, um, you know, I'm definitely in favor of it, it's something that we need, so, um, yeah. it's just how they do it so, and how they implement it. Actually, on, on this, this note, uh, my roommate Ted and I were walking down the street in San Francisco a couple weeks back when we were, before we had started work, and, like, there is, like, a citywide, like, PA system here, and they tested it, and it was, like, literally straight out of, like, like, V for Vendetta or something. It was, it was terrifying. It was, like, this, this alarm, like... This this 
alarm coming from everywhere, and then this voice that was just like, this is a test. <laughs> it was scary. Wow. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe we live in a dystopia. In fact, we probably do. You never well, know. It's better safe than sorry, I suppose. <laughs> is it, uh, though? Is it really? You can ask the NSA that one. <laughs> oh, uh, I know their answer. See what I did there? That's what we in the biz call a callback. Uh, all right. Uh, we are going to do one more story. Before we <laughs> our biz is something picks. different. Um, and I have to pick this story because I have absolutely no idea what the hell it is. Um, Dan, you picked this, and it's extremely technical. Oh. Please, ex- it looks cool, but it's oh. so confusing. So what, what the heck is going on? Okay, I will, I will share my screen. But basically, back in episode one, we talked about the Mac Pro, and it's like eight Thunderbolt ports or whatever. And, and, like, the promise of that is that you don't need internal components anymore. You just, like, buy your graphics card and plug it in. And then when you need a new one, you just unplug it and you get another one and it, everything just works. Uh, so this guy demonstrated that on a MacBook Air. And it looks pretty cool once it loads. But basically, he's got this... Uh, that's tiny. The silly, silly resolution to keep that at. Ah, there we go. He's got this. Uh, what's going to happen if I resize the window? <laughs> That's cool. Uh, <laughs> so he's got his MacBook Air. He's playing Borderlands 2, actually. Fine game. Excellent, excellent choice. Uh, and he basically rigged up uh, two SLI graphics cards. So they're linked together like a dual core processor almost. Uh, with a bunch of, like, off-the-shelf components you'd find in an old desktop, except for the fact that this is, like, $700 worth of graphics cards here. But other than that, the rest of it's, like, you know, stuff you can just find. And then uh, he did some no-soldering. I don't exactly... Oh, he bought an off-the-shelf PCIe to Thunderbolt converter and then did some other, like... And then it converts into something else, and then that graphics cards plug into that, but it works, which is really awesome. So Apple might not be so crazy. And this would be the dream. If you could have a MacBook Air, dock it into your, like, 27-inch Thunderbolt display with your graphics card plugged into the right, like, that would be awesome. Then you would never need to get anything more than a MacBook Air. Uh, That's, yeah, that's really cool. So check it out. Well, that's, be... that's the advantage of Thunderbolt, you know. Yeah. Mm. USB so... 3.1 can't do that. God, oh, that, was, that was my question. Like, could it? <laughs> um, no. It no. can it can do more than USB 2. Well, yeah, yeah, but it can't it can't do like. Uh, it can't like be a, a you can't even do video over it. Never mind an entire graphics card. Like, you can't even the push video to a monitor over USB 3 or 3.1. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. it is It is the high latencies. And the reason for that is because, just like FireWire and USB 2, Thunderbolt and USB 3, uh, the difference is that USB 3, uh, the controller chip is contained in the computer, whereas in Thunderbolt and Firewire, the controller chip is contained in the cable. That's why those Thunderbolt cables are so ginormous. Same thing with Firewire, is because they have like a little processor inside them that takes care of doing a lot of like the decoding of the information and stuff like that. Makes sense. I did not know that. Today you learned. That's interesting. That's cool. No, that's very I want to try that. That's why that's why like audio people love Firewire because there's so much less latency because the computer doesn't have to chug through decoding the stuff. Makes sense. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, props to the DIY on that one. Yeah. So uh, is it is it time for picks? It is time for picks. Um, I'm looking at the picks here, and I see you two have a common theme going. And I totally missed the boat on that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. So thanks. Um, 
so I'm going to volunteer to go first, and then, uh, so that way I won't seem as left out by the time we get to you guys. How's that sound? Okay, sounds, sounds good. good to me. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so as I usually do when, when we get to the picks episode of the show, uh, the pick part of the show, which, to be honest, is one of my favorite parts, because um, we, we've always had such cool stuff, uh, I always try and solve a problem, okay? How many times has this happened to you? You stand at a shelf in a store of blenders, okay? There's 50 blenders. I can tell you right now, this has never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not blenders. I'm using a a, a bad example, but... Oh, okay, okay. So it's not a blender not. No, I swear it's not a blender. I would not make a blender a pick of the show. I know better. No, it's an ex- it's it's shopping fatigue. There's ten speed, twelve speed, eight speed, blend, chop, swirl, you name it. There's a thousand different options, and you just stare at them like big eye. I did. I went to a diner once, and the menu was so large, I swear I had a mini mental breakdown, and then ended up getting a tuna melt. That's that's happened to me at the Cheesecake Factory. It's, Sean, it's just, I was hoping you were going to say that you're staring at a wall of blenders and you wanted to learn. You wanted to. <laughs> all you wanted to do was turn them all on at the same time so they could blend the same thing and then you could compare the results. That would be excellent if mass orchestration of blenders. Uh, but no. So the idea here <laughs> is shopper fatigue. It's been scientifically proven: the longer you stare at something, figure out what you want to buy, the less satisfaction you'll get out of it. It's been proven. So what I want is somebody just to tell me what to buy. I don't need 20 reviews of different products. Just pick one and say that's the best one. And wouldn't you know it, bam, just like a miracle, someone has solved those problems. It's a pair of websites. Uh, and God, my computer is just so bad today. Um, it's a combination. Of, it's two websites. The first one was thewirecutter.com, and the second was thesweethome.com. Let me pull it up here on my screen. Uh, the wire cutter focuses on technology and gadgets, where Sweet Home focuses on things in your home. And as you can see right here, it tells you the best sponge is the Scotch Bright uh, Doobie Cleaning Pad. It's a terrible name. Um, for example, I can click here. Let me try and uh, the best corkscrew. Okay. I don't know why my browser is so. Mm. <laughs> Why, God? Uh, okay, I'm going to cut out that. Essentially, what this website does is they'll take the top, and they'll go over consumer reports, blogs, uh, Amazon reviews. They pick a couple. They physically test them for weeks, and they say to you, this is the best one. Now, I've used them. I bought a... They had the best nail clippers... And I bought them, and I swear to God, they're the best nail clippers I've ever used. <laughs> they're, they're power... I almost... I swear to God, I almost hurt myself. They were so, like, sharp. Powerful. It was excellent. They uh, best trash bags I bought, and on the very first show, I showed you guys the Bluetooth speaker I bought. Yeah. That was their recommendation for the best wireless speaker you can buy, and I have been so happy with it. It's been cool. so great. So that's on the Sweet Home. The wire cutter focuses on... Um, the idea of technology. Now, what one thing they also do, and why I recommend you follow them on social media, is they also tell you when their favorite things are on sale. So I actually picked up their favorite trash bags, like at 66% off. It was a great deal. So when you're staring at that rack of headphones, I don't know which one sounds better. Why won't someone just tell me? They will tell you, and they'll even give you options. So they'll say, if that's a little too expensive, here's one. It's not as good, but in the price range, it's great. Um... They'll do everything from best towels to best slow cooker. You name it, best ice cube tray, best motor oil. Um, <laughs> I really like this. And and wow. I didn't even know it exi- I swear to God, I spent hours when I first found it going through every single list and being like, did I pick it right? You know, so they'll have like the best this, and I'll be like, I just bought one of those. Did I pick the right one? It, it's an internet hole. I showed it to someone at work, and they like blew two hours. They, they were like, Dan, do you know... Does anyone? They didn't say. They didn't specifically ask me. They asked if anyone knew what speakers to buy. I was like, I don't know, but I'm sure this website does. And then two hours later, he was like, I found what speakers to buy and like six other things. That's the problem too. You will spend money. I be warned. There'll be things on there you didn't know you needed. 
Yeah, so like I my, I was digging into like the differences between space heaters, and I don't need a space heater. It's the middle of the summer, but it was so interesting because I didn't know there were so many different types. It was just a good read. Yeah, it's and they're they're great guys at the website. Everything is super well written. I highly recommend it. Uh, and subscribe to them because when they post new, they're always posting new stuff. So um, find it right away. That's thesweethome.com and thewirecutter.com. Uh, just tell you what to buy already. Jeez, stop staring. Just pick something. That's that's cool. That, that's, I think, uh, that's I my, think my roommates and I might have to use this because we, we have to buy, like, a microwave and a oh. TV. And, and they haven't steered me wrong yet, so... Good to know. We'll see. Nice. Um, all right, who wants to go next with their pick? I'll go. All right, whoa, way uh, to jump in there. So, so if you, you are friends with me on Facebook, which... I assume everyone who's watching is probably. <laughs> um, you might have noticed that everything, pretty much the only thing I've done for the last two weeks is eat food at restaurants, um, which has been great because there's some great food around here. A common restaurant problem is, is splitting the check. So um, the other day at, at brunch, one of the people we were having brunch with show, with staff, which is called Plates, and it's made by a company called Splitwise, which I'm not exactly sure what it, they do, but I think it's for, like, splitting up payments. Basically, it, it steps you through in this nice, pretty UI of, like, splitting up your check among everyone, and it does the tax, it does the tip, and it, it like, walks you through like what dishes people had, um, and it's really cool and convenient. So if you need to split a check in a a very efficient manner, you should check out Plates. Uh, because, you know, especially if you're doing cash, because I feel like when you're splitting a check with cash, like whoever ends up putting it on their credit card inevitably gets screwed over. <laughs> um, and they, they go along with it because, like, they just don't care enough to actually, like, put put in the effort to, to figure out how much money they're actually owed in real life. Uh, but, yeah, that's my story. I love this. I think this is great because they're not the first people to do it, but certainly that's the best looking and the easy, apparently easiest to use app I've seen. So yeah, no, yeah. the 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 way they walk you through it is really intuitive. Like, um, they don't, you know, it's not like they ask you what your what the sales tax is. They just they ask you the the total before tax and then the amount of tax, and from that they calculate the tax on it. Um, and then so they can they can apply all the, the tax to all the meals individually. It's, it's really clever. So it's good stuff. Very cool. Wait, wait. Plates by Splitwise. Uh, and Dan. now that we have a way to split our meal, we need to get a reservation. Dan, can you help? Sure. Uh, so there's this really cool thing called Last Minute Eaten, which is actually just a Twitter account, but it has a nice-looking page, so we'll stare at that. Uh, New York only right now, but... You get all these restaurants, and I'm guessing they signed up. And what this service does is that these restaurants uh, push uh, reservation slots that have been canceled or that there's no one, uh, there's an available table. And then they get posted on this Twitter feed, and you can just click on it, and it brings you to an open table link for that time slot. And you can just sign up for it right then, and then hit the road. So these are like reservations that are coming up really soon. So four hours ago, it was 8 o'clock, and these are for 9 o'clock, for instance. So those hard-to-get-into restaurants that you don't think you can get into, just you know watch the feed, or just pick a couple that come up if you're looking for a place to eat, because chances are you know these are, are kind of hard, hard to get into otherwise. Uh, Big props to Dr. Jason Davis, <laughs> formerly of Etsy, for putting this together with some sweet big dataing to make all this actually work. Uh, definitely really cool. I haven't tried it yet, but I look forward to trying it because I never remember to make reservations, and I always just want to go. And in New York and a lot of big cities, you oftentimes you can't just go. Uh, so looking forward to this going out into the world. Nice. 
That is awesome. I, I think, because it's such a win-win for both the customers and the restaurants. It's yeah. kind of like that uh, Hotwire and Expedia model where they sell off unsellable rooms for cheap uh, just to make sure they're full. And it's kind of, it's not for cheap, and you can get some really fancy restaurants uh, without having to book months in advance. So Yeah, uh, yep. Props for that. Filling a hole that needed to be filled, so that's awesome. Cool. That was Last Minute Eaten. Tell your friends. Uh, all right, follow him on Twitter. So, um, anything else before we uh, wrap up today's show? I got nothing. I think, you know, we didn't, we kind of like, I don't want to say we half-assed the show because we didn't, but we kind of threw together <laughs> this week's show, and uh, I think it came out pretty well. We had a ton of great discussions. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it. Uh, this, is, this is how I imagined this thing working. <laughs> I know our theme idea was a little, a little out there, but... Uh, I like how we have the option to do it or to not do it. Although Dan, I, I guess we have a, a theme for next week. You've already called dibs. Yes. You want to tease that? Computing. It's what? going to be awesome. I spent an entire day of my vacation learning about it for no good reason, and then coming up with funny hacker news headlines <laughs> from the future. You, really, you gotta have a Twitter, man. Biofeed agent. Talk about Bio a computer niche agent. market, but Bio Dan. <laughs> It's like me and you. <laughs> awesome. So, so you guys are going to have to watch yeah. next week. Biocomputing. Dan knows what it is. I guess Colby and I will find out. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to remind all of our listeners that we do the show live every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at don'tpanic.io slash live.html. There's also a chat room there, so you can chat with us. Uh, and, of course, after the fact, you can always... Uh, listen to the mp3 or watch the video of the show at don'tpanic.io. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who uh, listens and interacts with us. Um, our fan is wonderful, so thank you, fan. Uh, with that, you know, it's going to be funny. If, God forbid, we ever actually become popular, we're going to look like fools because we're going to be, oh, no one's, oh, wait, someone listen. And if anyone wants to sponsor us, by the way, we'll take your money. I will <laughs> yeah. shill for anybody. Honestly, I would take a high five or a like, yeah, like barely like send me a free T-shirt. I'll wear it on the air. Yeah. Like, whatever. Just, we'll we're shills. I love free T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> so so you know, um, I want to thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, and we'll end the show as we always do by reminding you to don't panic because we'll be back next week. But until then, we wish you all a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. Woo. So,